Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey guys, it's Jackie Zabrowski and Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser are going back on tour with the Release the Butthole Cut Tour. We're coming to your town. Hold it. Where are we going? Salt Lake City, Denver, Colorado, Las Vegas. We're going to Portland, Oregon, Tacoma, Washington, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, and St. Louis, Missouri. Where can they find tickets, MJ? For tickets, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. What's that again? Lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hell yeah. just told me that they watched this episode of Riverdale at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, my life, man. My decisions. <laughs> my life. What has led my me decisions. to this? Here's what's happening. My husband does not want to watch Riverdale um, anymore. I think that show oh, has done. I think. Oh, no. When I, say, when I say, oh, I have to watch Riverdale, he'll kind of look at me like, Good luck with that, you know. And so, and I'm. This is not even a blaming him situation. This has been no, years in the understand. making. Yes, we get it. Where there wasn't, where I had to watch Riverdale's without him, and he missed enough, you know, where it was just you cannot. If you miss two Riverdale's, suddenly you've gone forward in time seven years. You've gone back in time sixty years. It's tough, you yeah, know. And you have no idea. So he is like, and also to his credit, when he was seeing episodes of Riverdale. They were very difficult to watch for years and years. Yeah, yeah. And so it is not part of our evening routine. And I always think, okay, well, I'll just watch it on my own. And then always Thursday night before we record on Friday mornings, I think, fuck, fuck, I didn't watch it. And so I use the time that I have available, which is the time before my children wake up. And I wake up and I sometimes I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll be ambitious and I'll fold laundry and watch Riverdale. Not today. Today I woke up and I was like tired, getting on the couch under a blanket and then watching Riverdale. And maybe that's why I found this one to be just a teens boro snoro. Maybe it was because I was fighting the snoros. Um, that I had the momentum of the snoros because I had just woken up. But I did. I mean, I don't know. I feel a little bad saying it because it is what we wanted. There was a lot of kissing. Yes. There was a lot of kissing, a lot of sex talk. Yes. But but my verdict on this episode after our glowing review last week is 
tiny bit Boro Snoro. Am I out of line, Jackie? No, you're not out of line. Really? You know what it is? I think that we're just so used to the spectacle of Riverdale that now that it's been toned back again, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. though, again, it is, it is like two cups of what we asked for when in reality, all we needed was a third Mm -hmm. of a cup. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wanted some more rationality brought back in just to keep it, just to keep me riveted. Right. And it could, it could still be batshit. I just needed just a little bit more tying me to the world. Right. Right. Slightly more grounded. Yeah. Yes. And they gave it to us, but now it is a teen drama back like it used to be right but set in 1955 so it is very different like issues that they're dealing with than they would be you know like like oh someone went all the way so oh no they have to get married right right. it's things like this yeah which is what we were we've never dealt with before in riverdale but it is a teench like i'm i am still kind of half waiting for like the incest blossom <laughs> bastard blossoms that live in the woods to come out and kidnap someone and then they'll br- think that mothmen exist like i'm just waiting for that yeah hook again. i think that that's i think the problem with this episode it did have kissing it did have a lot of sex talk it did have the thing we like which yes. is like what if you took the like problems of sexy teen high school riverdale and put it in 1955 how 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 interesting and that did that well but it had this episode had virtually no spooky stuff, no dark stuff, no magic, no murder, right? Like there was There's still the overarching whole Ethel did Ethel kill her parents. Yes. There's still that part of it. And I like the mystery side of this. Yeah. Like I do I'm enjoying that. And yeah. we will get into all of that soon. Yeah. But that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I miss Dark Betty. Yeah, yeah. I think I need, I I think that like it gave us a little bit of darkness in the sex last week. And the darkness in the sex this week was trigger warning, assault, (laughs) and don't even get me started about how angry. Oh, all right. We had to talk about the episode before I can get into how angry I am. Yes, yeah. About. What happened with Ethel? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Because oh, I was mad about it. Yeah. See, I think that's why I don't think it was Borosnoro because I was so like outraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. This that, episode, everything that happened with Julian and Ethel was very outrage-inducing, and like outrage-inducing. I don't particularly think it was good. Like, I don't no. like like that they did that. I don't think that it made anything better any of our complaints about ethel not be like ethel always getting dumped on i think that just continued in this week's episode yeah yeah and yeah it did make me it made me frown <laughs> because oh, well, well we'll get there first i want to talk about cheryl and archie okay we've got to talk about cheryl and archie where yeah. did we last leave off last week that cheryl made a lie well we didn't know at the time that it was a lie that they went all the way At the makeout party. Right. But we find out very early on in this episode when, like, Archie's like, why are you telling everybody that we went all the way? We only got to, like, second base. Which I thought was very funny. (laughs) They only got to second base. Yeah. I'm now, I'm also, like, I've never done this before this season, but for some reason, it's, it's Archie's, like, sincere earnestness of being in 1955 Archie. I'm, like seeking out his New Zealand accent more. Like, there's just, because he's less, like, 
dumb Archie. And now he's like, he used to be like, why are you so dumb? And now he's like, I'm dumb on purpose because it's 1955 and I don't know anything, Yeah, you know? And I just feel like, so I'm just like looking at KJ Apa's face and being like, how is your Kiwi accent like seeping out in certain words? Um, and he's really like, KJ Apa is really committing to the like, I'm just a little boy in 1955. Yes. You know, he has like such a like wonderment. Yes, and you hope know. in his eyes. Yes, exactly. It's a very different Archie. Now that's, I think what, like in a very similar but different way of what I've been looking at with Archie because ever since we found out, re-remembered, let's say, that he's only 25 years old, <laughs> there are so many scenes that I look at it and I'm like, that is not a high school student. And he's the only one that I'm looking at of just like, look at him. He doesn't look like a high school student. Look at this scene. He looks like he's 40. What are you talking about? But like, it's just the lighting, Jackie. And I'm only being hard on KJ Apple. I know. I, 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 I think that's the thing. I've just never recovered from whatever it was three weeks ago when we learned that he is like the youngest of the cast. In 1997. He's 25 years old. Old, but you know who else was also born in 1997? Ethel. Shannon, because I was like, I keep looking at her and being like, I can't tell if you are the age of everyone else or if you're older or what. Also, she's such a, like, she's so hot. Yes. If you look up Shannon Purser, she's, she's like, so hot. so hot. And I'm so tired of them frumping her. And so, yeah, she is also, I was just like, I need to know how old she is. And she's also... 25. But yes, I digress. We are talking about Archie and Cheryl and the redheaded fest that was this episode when the redheaded family of the Andrews went over to the redheaded family of the Blossoms. Because isn't that your worst nightmare <laughs> for not only for like things to go be going around at school that you went all the way, but to come home from school. Like, I think I'd be so traumatized if I came home from school and my mom was just like, so you had sex. I think I would have died right there and then like I would have just like fallen into the floor like I would have become pudding yeah 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 and and I think that KJ Epa actually does do a did do a pretty good job in this episode of being like I'm humiliated I am Archie Andrews I'm the most pure boy in the world and I didn't do it KJ Epa's kind of killing this season so far. I like him more in this season than I have ever liked him before. Yeah. I'm having a really weird emotional roller coaster around KJ Apa right now. Yeah. Dude, same. <laughs> and last week was the first time I'd ever like kind of found him like attractive too. Like I don't know what is happening with me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Something's happening with Archie. And I will say and I know that we still have to we're still on Archie and Cheryl, but I have to say that I also found Jughead really hot in this episode. Dude, don't even get me started. <laughs> I fucking said the same thing to Jeff. Oh no. I, I don't like that. Oh no. But I but it happened. Yeah. Dude, yes. Yeah. Yes. It is this episode. See, that's why I think that like I was outraged. I was a little horny yeah. by this episode. Okay. I had a lot of feelings, but again, I watched it on 420. Yeah. So by the time that I like settled into Riverdale, I was like, okay, Riverdale, yeah. <laughs> why don't you give me what you've got? You know, like I was just so excited for Riverdale. Oh, that's the other thing that, that keeps fucking me is that we have our Jersey stream on Thursday nights my time from 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. So if I watch Riverdale at 9.45 p.m., it's just not happening. Not I'm happening. not going to stay awake. No. So that's why I'm watching it at 5.30 in the morning. But you're right. Sometimes you really need some some help, 
even with a good season of Riverdale, you need some brain help in the form of alcohol or drugs to get you through it. Sometimes, man. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. That or you don't watch the episodes at all and you listen to Riverdale Roundup, which welcome every week. And thank you so much for listening. <laughs> yeah. Because so hopefully you don't have to be really stoned to listen to this. And But although I understand if you do. Yeah. You know, if you have to self-medicate to get through Riverdale Roundup the way we self-medicate to get to River get to get through Riverdale, that's okay. Because Cheryl is trying to hide her sexuality by just just you know like giving up giving everything up. just to get married to arch it seems so unsheryl like i guess that was the other thing about this episode that i didn't love is that that it i mean i get it it's 1955 and she's gay and she's not going to be like out and proud necessarily on the other hand she is cheryl blossom like cheryl blossom doesn't like hide herself she doesn't shrink herself you're right and that's what that's what she did all this episode and i did not find it very sharily at all but you know i guess she does come from a family whose father is actively committing war crimes so maybe <laughs> that is part of something to do with it like the fear of her family he's a war profiteer archie really how is he a war profiteer he sold maple syrup to the army at a premium he sold maple syrup to the army at a one premium. of the best lines of the episode for sure Yes. Or profiteering with maple syrup. Clifford Blossom comes back. So essentially what happens, since Cheryl is lying about this, parents find out, parents get together, they've decided that Cheryl and Archie are to be married. Now, they've brought back Clifford Blossom in a horrendous wig. <laughs> Whatever that, I couldn't get past Clifford Blossom's <laughs> wig in the episode because it was the elephant <laughs> in the room. It was so big and it just didn't it didn't look good. <laughs> and it's not, and I feel like and I'm, I only bring this up because I feel like it was done on purpose. The wig? To make, and also, like, I'm sure that wigs back then, like, if the character, I feel like the character is wearing the wig. You know what I mean? Not really? like- You think so? Wasn't it, it wasn't just to make, make it so that everyone in the room had red hair? It's probably what it was. But <laughs> in my head, I think that they were, like, that, that the character- of Clifford would wear a wig and what would a wig look like in 1955? That's where I went in my brain. But again, 420. The I did not give it that much thought. So I'm just saying that might be a, a marijuana problem or it might be a Jackie problem. I'm not sure. It wasn't a problem. I was all aboard. I was like, look at this wig act. Yes. <laughs> Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, Fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. 
Yeah, so he's like a very traditional daddy, and he's like, uh... So you're going to get married and have kids now because you've gone all the way. It's just I imagine your family is just your parents having to sit down to dinner together and like discuss how you just banged. You know, they really do capture how painful that would be. Yes, they real like that whole scene. It was just like, oh, God, make it stop. And how like Archie didn't go like it was a lie. It was a lie. We never went all the way. And you know what? Because Cheryl set up, which is why I think also part of the reason why I'm like, look at Archie. Yeah. And like such a stand, because he is that stand up 1955 kind of guy when like she's like, you would be doing it to protect me. And he didn't ask any questions about it. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll protect you. I, 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 you know, I, I'll protect anyone that needs help, like that kind of like. And that is very consistent with Archie's character. Yes. So her being like, I, can you just maintain this lie to help me? And him being like, yeah, no problem. It's very, very Archie. Yeah, so that's that's true. And that, I mean, it, it was a great scene, the like extremely like tense, loaded um, dinner scene. And of course, Mary Andrews hates the Blossoms. Yes. And so it's just like really, really tense. I just like, I don't know. It's hard to have a scene with like Cheryl and Penelope when like Cheryl's not going after Penelope, you know, yeah. she was just so not Cheryl in this episode. And maybe that's, maybe that's part of just like her light is out because she can't be yeah. herself. Yeah, no, you're right. And it is night. And if you, even if you take Cheryl Blossom, but you put her in 1955, maybe she can't shine bright like a diamond that she is, no. you know? But, like, there's got to be, like, bitchy queen bees from 1955. It's not like those people didn't exist. And she already was that earlier in the season. She was like, yeah. I mean, the reason that she knows she's gay is because she keeps flirting with Tony, you know, like, yeah, like, because she just can't help it. And so, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that she, I guess, I guess the the kind of the Cheryl plot is that she is so, you know, it's so clear to her that her mom is, like, trying to shut her down and that she's so scared of being gay that she just like has to bury herself and not be Cheryl. And so I guess that I'm willing to go along with, with that. It was just like, I feel like for a blossom dinner scene, it like wasn't very eventful, no. you know, like in the history of Riverdale, if you have Penelope blossom and Cheryl blossom and Archie Andrews, you know, and fucking the dad all sitting around at a table like that scene should be very explosive and the wig right and yes. the wig. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just kind of like yeah I, they're they're building this i mean hopefully cheryl's arc will like come out of this into something really like you know some some pride moment you know i mean we are we're already seeing the tides start to turn because essentially they get to a point where the the parents have decided that they are going to get married it's not a question they go in for their marriage compatibility test right which consists of three questions do you come from different backgrounds are you close friends, which I love. Do you come from different backgrounds? And their answers couldn't have been more different of just like how rich and proper Cheryl's family is. And I will also say Jeff did have his pedantic corner is what he referred to it as <laughs> because Ar Archie says, Grandpa Artie and his wife barely survived the Dust Bowl. And Jeff had to pause it and be like, okay, this is 1955. Arguably, the Dust Bowl started in like 1934, 1935. Are we going to, and so he went through <laughs> of like, of how he's like, 
technically that could, I guess, work, but there's a high chance that that is not the case. <laughs> but they came, they come from very, very different backgrounds. See, this is what I'm sure you miss not watching it with Gideon. You know, you need, I need someone that is my cynical side piece to my hope and love of Riverdale. Yes. Yeah. You do need someone to just like, it's like to make sure you're not having a dream. You know, you need to like look over and be with somebody who is like, no, no, this is happening. You know, this is happening. Yeah. This is real. Yeah. So then they are also asked, are you close friends? <laughs> and they are both like, mm, <laughs> they kind of awkwardly no. look at each other. And that's their answer. And then the last question is, do you understand the concept of marriage? And I don't think they did that either. And yet still they were allowed to, they were like, they're allowed to get married. Now they they can go get married. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just listening to uh, this great podcast called If Books Could Kill, and it was they they go through like terrible bestseller books, and they did the Love Languages book, Ooh. the Five Love Languages, and they go through, and it was written. I can't remember. I think the first edition was written in the, I want to say either eighties or sixties, and a lot long enough ago that the basically it was a conversation about how many people if you're looking at couples who got together in the 50s and 60s like basically got together because like they couldn't fuck and they wanted to fuck you know and i do feel like it is really worth remembering how many people in our grandparents generation like absolutely 100% would not have gotten married if it weren't for the fact that people were not supposed to fuck. Yeah, dude. And people wanted to fuck. And like that did, the, I do think that this episode did a really good job of being like, again, just like last last week, like if they're like, what if you were gay in 1955? Really, like really imagine it with these characters who you know from the present day. Really imagine how hard that would be. Like, I do think that this episode did a really good job of being like, no, really, imagine you're just a horny teenager and because you're horny and because people think you fucked, now you literally have to get married. Like, that's actually what the expectation was. And they did do a great job of that with both Archie and um, Cheryl and also with Midge and Fangs. Oh, man. And, like, the kind of, like, oppressive, the, the, uh, the, the like, chastity piece of the 1955 setting. That's, like, that was, this episode was, like, that turn yes. to shine and and I do think that they really did convey very well that like people would just legit be forced into marriage like this and of course that was a bad idea and this is probably why many people in our grandparents generation did not have happy marriages yeah dude because then you're kind of trapped because it wasn't like oh you can just get divorced you know we know that that wasn't it's it, the idea and concept of divorce was not quite the same then as it is now right it's not as much of a black stain on your life as it as it used to be now they are really, and I'll give it to Cheryl and Archie. They're really trying. They go out for milkshakes. They like try to have some like time alone so they can just kind of get to know each other. And they are expanding on like who they are as people a little bit and trying to open up a little bit more, which I did appreciate. Also really liked Archie for doing that. Yeah. Like, he was trying to like let Cheryl in and talk about like some private stuff he had with his father and like about how he wanted to go out to California and become a cowboy and and I actually thought it was a really like we paused it at one point and like looked at each other and we're just like when did this get so wholesome yeah like it was such a this storyline was so I mean I don't like the idea of of forced marriage but like they're 
taking to it of just like, okay, well, let's, but okay, then what would make us happy? Right. If just getting married, like, why don't we elope? Right. Why don't we go and just like run away together and then we can do whatever we want. We can get married the way that we want. We don't have to like deal with them at all. But like still they were going to go elope because that's just what you did. Right. And I actually I thought it was a really sweet thing. And and he gets all ready and they're going to go. They're going to go out to California. They're going to he's going to go be a rancher. She's going to go with him. And then she shows up in a little red convertible and it's just like, oh, sorry, can't busy, sick, can't do yeah. it. Not going to do it. And you know what? Guffaw. Very guffaw. And why does she do that? Because. Tony, which Tony was like the fairy godmother of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agree. A little I'll bit. make it like everybody goes to Tony. Uh, the one hit I like that Tony's the one in 1955 who's like, I'm black, I'm queer, I'm like proud, I'm with it. Like I understand, I can like clock people. I can tell that there's a bunch of queer people around here. Like I'm an activist. Like I love all of that. This episode, they did kind of, they I feel like they did kind of make her like a- Push it a little Yeah, hard. it's like a little bit like a magical, like, you know, the kind of like magical black trope of like, I just know everything and I solve everyone's problems, you a know? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It was. Everywhere you turned, like, oh, there's Tony solving <laughs> the problem. Because what does Tony do? She takes- Cheryl and gives her the book so I did look up this book she gives her a book called The Cost of Pepper and I was like so alright they openly showed the title so of course I looked up The Cost of Pepper it is not a real book but there was a real book that held a similar function for women struggling with understanding their sexualities in the 1950s and that book was called The Price of Salt (laughs) by Patricia Highsmith. So they call The Price of Salt the cost of pepper. Uh, And that is where... Glam (laughs) Rocher moment over here. All right, Riverdale. Never stop doing that. I like that. Never stop. I loved it. I I was just like, yes, this is why I look these things up. Okay, but how about, if we're talking about magical Tony, how about the way that she used a frog as a pregnancy test for Midge and Fangs. Bro, we looked it up. Is that real? It's real. Really? It's fucking real, <laughs> love, dude. This is everybody needs a Jeff. Like we Jeff need has a the, Jeff. Jeff is he's the he's the Jeff guy. has the he sobriety and the curiosity and the energy to be like, we're gonna look it up, and I don't yep. have that. Pause it, look it up. Yeah, pause it, looked it up because so uh, we've got another couple in another situation, and that is Fangs and Midge. Midge is all done, knocked up. And they don't know what to do because Midge is from the other side of the tracks. Well, no, Fangs is from the other side of the tracks. Midge is from the first side of the (laughs) tracks. And Midge is from a rich family. And Fangs, as we know, is a greaser. And also, Fangs looks hot in 1955. Yes, I'm loving 1955 Fangs more than I expected. Really attracted to 1955 (laughs) Fangs. Really, like, I, I was not, like, I was attracted to Fangs originally when he was first with Kevin, but then he kind of lost it for me, not in looks, but just in character wise. Yeah. But there's something about this Fangs, man, that I'm just like, Hmm. Oh. Yeah. It's also nice knowing that he's bi. Yes. You know, I feel like a boy, a guy is just hotter when he's oh, bi. Oh, yes. <laughs> and especially dressing like a greaser. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they go to Midge's family to try and intri- just introduce him as a boyfriend. The family flips out and he doesn't know what to do. And that's why they do go to Tony. And Tony's like, 
Well, if you want to find out if you're really pregnant, and for some reason they had to break into the school to do this, she gets a frog, and I guess you you inject the frog with the piss. It's a frog piss test. The piss of a pregnant woman. <laughs> and if the woman is pregnant, the frog will have... Lay eggs overnight because it like it's some chemical in the That's piss. Real? Yes, it's real. Jesus Christ! I wish it that that real. was what a pregnancy test was. Still, yeah, man. You, that you would went be, to Dwayne Reed, catch the frog. No, you would go to the Dwayne Reed. You'd get a little frog, you know. Oh, okay. But then right. there would have to be. You would have to like. Then there would have to be a rule where you like set the frog free in a nice little pond afterwards. Yes, but also Fangs is really virile because he's knocking up people in every one of these timelines. You know, there's baby. Right, Anthony, right. I was thinking that too. You know? It's like Fangs is just do destined, almost a doomed, yeah. but I mean, destined <laughs> to, be, to be a father. No, he's the stud of Riverdale. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen with them, but we do know that Midge is in fact pregnant because, man, did that frog squirt out a bunch of eggs. I'm, I can't believe that you guys looked at that. <laughs> and I can't believe it's real. I'm so glad. We really do need Jeff. Jeff is the hero of Riverdale Roundup. He is. I mean, and Tony's the fairy godmother. Tabitha <laughs> is the guardian angel. And Jeff is the hero of Riverdale. <laughs> Don't tell Archie. And so, yeah, so we had our Fangs and Midge plot. We had our Cheryl and Archie plot. But also, can we just say, when, when I, I say real quick, when Tony says, can you dig it? Big Daddy, I thought I was going to fall through the floor. I'm so in love with Tony. In Tony these episodes. is. I know. I know. Tony is looking so, so good. Wow. It, wow. Yeah. It's the fits of the 60s just or 50s just look really good. Yes. Of Vanessa Morgan. And and you know who else looks really, really, really good in 1950s outfits? Fucking Lily Reinhardt, man. Man, she's killing she it. She just looks Canil so she like Canil never it. before do I like look at like a nineteen fifties like someone wearing like a nineteen fifties housewife dress and be like Hamana, 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 you know, but she just rocks it. Man, 1955's got us all, maybe it's all because we can't be as horny. Yeah. And yeah. like maybe that's what it is if we're just like, I'm so sexually attracted to them, the, the, them all this season in a way that I haven't been in so long. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so poor Betty. Betty is, Betty breaks up with Kevin. They put it down on the line. That scene was great, too, though, actually, because, she, like, yeah, I loved this scene. Kevin sits down with her. But well, Betty has given Kevin the book, the human sexuality book, um, and that she stole from Ethel. And um, he, you know, reads it and then comes back and is basically like, um, OK, so I think that I, like, understand what you want. And it's sex. He doesn't say that, but he's like, and I want to wait until marriage. And she gets this kind of like crestfallen look and she like takes a beat and pauses. And then she's just like, OK, well, actually, I don't want you to be the only one making decisions in this relationship. And then she breaks up with him. And it was, dude, I was like, fuck was, yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, dude. Like, it was really, there was something about, it was like an unexpected twist, like, of Kevin just being like, well, you know, these are my, this is my, like, boundary and these are my ground rules. And her being like, okay, well, you didn't, like, 
you're not respecting me, Talk with me about it. at all. And you just made this decision and I'm not accepting that decision. And so the relationship is over. And I like, I like absolutely loved it. And then that frees up Kevin to go slow dance with what's his name? Clay, Clay at the gay coffee house. He's going to the dark room because he went to the gym after Betty broke up with him and he was crying and Clay was there. So um, Clay and he go to go get a coffee at the dark room and they end up slow dancing together. And Tony was trying to cheer up because again, Tony, the fairy godmother of Riverdale, <laughs> was trying to cheer up Betty because... She realized that the two of them broke up because she found Betty crying, similar to how Clay found Kevin crying. But if Tony and Betty wanted to start kissing, I would watch that tape. That would be in fine. a heartbeat. Yes, but that, that is not great. what was happening. <laughs> um, I think she was just trying to like get her out of you know just sitting on the floor and crying. And why don't we go talk about this? Because, and I appreciated the fact that Tony at first assumed that it was Betty that wanted to wait till marriage. And Betty's like, no, he wanted to wait until marriage. Yeah. And I think that that what you watch the respect for Betty <laughs> rise in Tony. Which totally. I like, I loved that. To yeah, you're totally right. When 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 Tony realizes that it's Betty who wants to have sex, you can see Tony being like, OK, yeah. OK. Right and right. I do like yes. to like the way that they're trying to kind of like give each character these like, um, you know, characteristics and and stuff that were present in their present day selves. Like, I, I love that the manifestation of like dark Betty for Betty in 1955 is that she's just really horny and she like doesn't she's really horny. she doesn't want to be with like a chaste you know man and I love that that's like her driving it's not serial killing it's not darkness it's just like she just really wants to fuck she wants to fuck dude and like she's straight up so she goes to like give Kevin the pin back and she tells him that like I saw you with Clay and I appreciate that he didn't even try to be like well he did for like half a second that he's like oh yeah we were just goofing and she's like no you weren't and he's like yeah no we weren't and they have a really sweet scene together yeah where she's like you know like she eventually she leaves and she comes back to him and has like she has processed it more. Yeah. And this is after talking to Alice, who Alice I can Alice being crazy in the in this season. Alice Cooper, like going home to mom and like she's just like, it's just a phase, Betty. He's just going through a phase. And what you have to do is you have to be there for him and you have to support him. So when he's done with his phase, then you can have a sexless marriage. <laughs> and I I the way she protested this so hard. Jeff Pawsett looked at me and was just like, do you think that Alice had a lesbian phase? And I was like, oh, my God, if that's like if that's why, like, me thinks she doth protest too much Ooh. is what is happening, that maybe Alice had a lesbian phase. And in my brain, she had a les like I want her to have a lesbian phase with like, I don't know who it's going to be with. But especially in this world, we have a very small window of the amount of people 
Maybe it was with Mary. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> oh my saying. God, I would love that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Maybe it was. I know. Because because Alice Cooper is like very Alice Coopery in this season, which I like. It's just like rather than Alice Cooper being fucking insane about, again, her serial killer husband or her serial killer son or, um, you know, the various serial killers running about town. In this season, she's just absolutely fucking insane about her daughter. Like she desperately wants her to be with Kevin and she keeps giving her absolutely terrible advice. Um, and I just kind of figured that was like, that was the way they're making Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper. She's just a bad mom. Um, but if they were to add a little bit of gayness to the parental generation, that would be very welcome. Yes, that would be very, very welcome. Sorry, I was just reading through some of the Riverdale theories that we're going to be um, discussing later on when we get to uh, some Ethel conversations okay. in a bit. So let's because... let's breeze through the Jughead and Veronica plotline, and then let's talk about Ethel. We need to talk about Ethel. Oh, yes. We need to talk about how we talk about Ethel. Because Veronica really stepped up in this episode. I'm loving this plotline. Yes. And I'm I'm really enjoying Jughead as the detective, like yes. getting back into that. I'm really and like I always thought like I was a bughead hardcore. I was just like, when all right, sure, sure, sure. Let's have all this play around. When are Betty and Jughead gonna get back together? Because I like them as a detective team so much. And that was what you predicted last week. Yes. But we're not getting the Betty and Jughead no. detective team. We are getting the Veronica is a Hollywood kid who knows all about all of the noir movies that Jughead loves. And so they are the Nick and Nora, like, like, uh, you know, noir detectives together in this episode. And I actually loved it. See, look, I said this was a Boris Nora episode and every single storyline so far has actually been really good and well done. So this I shows you watched it at 530. You know, I think it really is like watching it and just like go and going back through the plots. just Like, no, this was a good episode. And it's just so like, think about the entirety of the Percival season and how much happened in those episodes that was just straight up garbage. And in this, even though there wasn't like a lot of darkness or spice in this episode, it was like the character development is just so much better, so much better. Yeah. And like they are just like really finding what makes the characters fun. And it's like Jughead and Veronica being like the noir detectives is such a fucking good idea because it brings out the best that Veronica has to offer, which is that she's like, you know, her like she can be her like sassy vixen, she wolf of Wall Street thing. But instead of being like an annoying capitalist, she's like a detective, which is way more appealing. Yes. And I and she's killing it w alongside Jughead because essentially up top, then it, like from last week. Jughead and Ethel are in hot water right now because of the, you know, the drawing that Ethel did of her murdering her parents <laughs> and Jughead for hiding, hiding the evidence, which was really, really dumb. And essentially, Veronica sees them because this is like interrogation is happening at the school and they're bringing them into the prison for questioning and for some reason, he has a, a, the ability to stop and talk with Ronnie for a second. And she's like, yeah, but you were at the dance. There's no way that you committed this murder. And he's like, well, can you, like, figure out a way to, like, 
tell them that I was at the dance. So she goes, and I was disappointed because I thought we were going to get a 1955 version of Dr. Curdle Jr. I know. And I'm throwing it down here now that I'm mad that we didn't get Dr. Curdle Jr. I know. They said every town has a has a morgue and, a, you know, a mortician or whatever. And I was like, fuck yeah, we're going to get the 1955 Dr. Curdle Jr. And that was a total tease. Total, total tease. Because Veronica does go to the coroner to, to get... Um, like the time of death and we don't even see the scene. She I just can't goes believe and gets that. it. You cannot mention the morgue and the coroner in Riverdale without having a Dr. Curdle Jr. Dr. Curdle Jr. Like, we what need are him. you doing? That is a We have to have this. him. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. And I'm glad that you noticed it as well. <laughs> so she goes in. So eventually, Ron, essentially, Ron, Ronica, Veronica goes into the prison and says, here, Here's your time of death stamp. Jughead was with me. You have to let him go. And so they let him and go. Sheriff Keller's like, okay. All right, sure. Yeah, no, this <laughs> just child is doing my work for me. Great. <laughs> Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. They let him go, and then they have to get Ethel out as well, and they have to prove that Ethel wasn't, right. like, that she was on her way to the dance at the time. Right. They find out through the grapevine that Ethel was actually with Julian because she was about, she was waiting for the bus to take her to the dance, and shitbag Julian shows up, Julian Blossom, the one, I'm, you know what? I'm glad that we are supposed to hate him. Yeah, I'm glad that I don't have to feel bad for calling him ugly so much no. because he is an ugly personality. He's an ugly personality because I appreciated this. Um, Van Isle Lexi from our Twitch community wrote in a Riverdale theory that said, um, I totally agree with you. They're doing Ethel dirty because essentially what happens is like, meanwhile, Julian is a potential option for Veronica in what universe? Right. I was going to suggest why not Julian and Ethel get together. But after watching episode three, I find Julian too icky yes. for anyone because he takes her, he t instead of taking her to the dance, he takes her to Lover's Lane and puts hands on her and tries to attempts to attack her yes in the car so why tell me why why do we have to do this to the only fat character in the show where everybody 
nobody likes her except for Jughead. She pines after Jughead, and every time she expresses that, Jughead's like, ooh, and she has no love interest, and she's just like sad and frumpy, and then she gets assaulted. Like, can we not, can we please make Ethel less of a sad dumpy character please give her some agency give her something it's not fair it is not fair. i was outraged yes yes i was like i want her to get play but this is not the play that i'm fucking talking about Con- i'm sorry universe that i have to say i want ethel to get consensual play I know. i'd like her to get consensual play please i know and i just don't th- like i and I, I like she Basically, Barb was almost the exact, Barb and Stranger Things, like, almost the exact same character as Ethel in terms of, like, everybody just, like, treating her, all the kids, like, not treating her well. But, like, the fact that the actor who plays Ethel just, like, has to keep being, like, ooh, I'm so sad. You know, I just feel like it's such a, I just feel like they are doing Ethel so so dirty and then using her as like a tool to like show what a dick Julian Blossom is I like this was the it was the one plot line where I was like I really feel like this is like a huge mistake on the writer's part in Riverdale yeah really upset by this but that is how they prove where she was and this is the part that got me so attracted to Jughead because he finds out about what happened and he goes to Julian and is like you're gonna go to the police and you're gonna say what you were doing and or at least the fact that you were with Ethel at the time of her parents murder or or else or else yeah and he's like I'm Julian Blossom I can't say I was with a girl like her and of course they had to like it wasn't even that like they still like the fact that this shitbag character still had to be like I wouldn't have put the moves on a fat woman. Yeah. Essentially is what he's saying. Right. And that, and he was too embarrassed to admit that. And that also outraged and hurt. I know it's 1955. I know that like characters are allowed to be bad and they're allowed to say that, but it still hurt my feelings. Yeah. It was just like, again, like this is just one of those things where it's like in the fictional world we create, we don't have to only recreate like trauma. If there is a certain identity that is more likely to experience trauma in real life, like because of like, their marginalized identity. We do not have to explicitly only exclusively recreate that trauma in our fictional stories. We can create different narratives around those marginalized identities and we could have the fat actress or the fat character be hot. Like she is hot. What I mean is she, we could have her be seen as hot, received as hot, yes. like exude Red as hot. As hot. Like, yes. yes Red, Julian could be like, yeah, I want to get with Ethel. Like all of these worlds are possible. This is, you can just, you can do this. And I know it's 1955, but you could do it. Like we also had different, there was different beauty standards in 1950. It's just like so frustrating. I found this entire thing to just be like the nail in the coffin of the doing Ethel dirty situation that has been going on for years. I yes. know. She and like, it's just it also just doesn't work because the actress is really hot. It just yes. like does not like it doesn't re- yeah. read as honest, you know. Um, I do want to throw out just a quick um this is from before, but uh Caitlin sent in a theory that can also be used for now that one of the helpful mothmen 
uh, from the incest Mothman <laughs> uh, blossoms from the woods could have been Julian. Yes, who live in maybe the Maybe that's shed. why Julian ah. is, like, maybe that he was the one that, like, that he was born and he was thrown out into the forest. Because we still haven't figured out why it's Julian and not, um, you know, what's the real one's name? JJ. JJ. Like, I guess that's, I, I think that one, that one of the, <laughs> this is what Riverdale will do to you watching it for this many years. One of the things that made me so confused about this episode is that like not like aside from each of the main characters having their plot line and all those plot lines actually fitting together pretty nicely which is what a tv show should do but not much else happened they're not like bringing back all these million threads that they have planted right there's no there's still no explanation why julian like there's there's no like there's just a lot of unanswered questions you know and and none of those were moved forward in this episode. This episode was just like this was the in, the only theme of this. If last week's episode's theme was sex, the only real theme of this episode was like, I guess, like horniness stifled by the life of 1955. Right, because then it ended up being that you know, you know, Cheryl and Archie don't get married. And Ethel is not the, now. Ethel does get out of jail, so at least now Jughead and Ethel are not on the line for the murders anymore. Right. So that did happen. Yeah. And in all of this, like in all of their sleuthing together, I mean, something did happen. A love did grow in this episode, and I was at first. So I was talking with a um, uh, a good friend of mine, Jasmine. And we were talking about. The fact that, like, is Jughead going to be more of, like, the not wanting romantic relations like he was in the comic books, which I thought was going to be the way that they were going with Jughead. Uh Because I didn't feel any heat between him and Ronnie whatsoever. Like, I felt it coming from Ronnie. Oh, I felt it coming from Jughead. That was why I was so attracted to him in this episode. Oh, I was attracted to him. Oh, I forgot to say before, I was attracted to him when he punched Julian in the face. Yes. On, and on made to, him go on behalf go of Ethel. Yes. On behalf of that Ethel. Was nice. That's when I was like, oh, Yes, and he really punched Jughead. him. It was like a real 19, he was like an undercut, you know, but it was like, yes. it was really like, that was a great, an attractive thing to do. It really <laughs> was. I know yes. it's like just dumb masculinity, but there's something about that of just like you bet, like just like you're gonna go. Yes, ta- tell the police. It's just like how he was talking about. Ethel. Yes, no, that was good. He stood up for Ethel, but it wasn't in like a condescending way. It was just like in a fuck you, you do not assault my friend. I'm gonna punch you, and you're gonna go exonerate her. That was really hot. I don't. I I don't know. I thought that Jughead was making eyes at Veronica in a way that really really did something for me especially in that last scene yeah when like they're both at the Pembroke and they're both having just a conversation and this is after like his like Jughead's place gets destroyed and his dog was taken to the pound by the police because they were looking for evidence they destroyed his whole place so Veronica like redoes the whole thing because she's got a bunch of money and she makes it look like the Orient Express inside of his like train car that he lives inside of while Jughead is going to go get hot dog out of the pound because they took the dog to the pound. Yeah, I like the her redoing the train car to look like a like 1950s 
elegant train car. That was pretty cool. Yes. I loved that. I love that they, and I love that they were working together. And I kind of am into, I thought that it was just a little blade. Like, I didn't know if Jughead was even into her back until that last scene. And that last scene was a great scene. It's just so, like, do you remember how, and maybe, am I about to say that Cole Sprouse is a really good actor? Because do you remember how, <laughs> do you remember how the, in the, the season where he was like a sad alcoholic and like, I was truly convinced that Cole Sprouse had become a sad alcoholic. He like looked all puffy and he just like, exuded this like real patheticness that was also what Jughead's character like this was in the time jump forward when he was like an, a writer in his mid-20s like in New York whatever and like I was fully convinced that that just was Cole Sprouse also because of what we knew about like him and Lily Reinhardt breaking up and whatever and then in this season I'm because we're supposed he's like he's he's like 1955 Jughead and he's wearing the 1955 clothes and he's like a much more likable character you know he's the gumshoe detective whatever and now I'm like Cole Sprouse back on track like I am completely unhealthily conflating Cole Sprouse yes. with Jughead yes 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 <laughs> and I'm trying I'm trying to keep them separate yeah. in my brain yeah where, like Jackie you're allowed to be attracted to Jughead yeah you're this is okay because also again in it like not only allowed to because um he's a character that doesn't exist but also <laughs> it's okay even though he's in high school because he is a 30 year old man yes and like I'm I'm dealing with all those feelings as well um but you know just sticking up for um, a plus size person who just been assaulted just makes me, you know, weak. It yes. Weak. Yes. It was very, very hot. Or just any person that's been assaulted. I don't know why I had to qualify. I just, I, Ethel just makes me sad. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's completely, it's really like a glaring, like in a show that does so many things well in terms of normalizing queerness and you know doing some of their representation again it's like you know tony hot queer black character awesome making her a magical fairy godmother in a really one-dimensional way not so awesome so like it's you not know. like they always nail it when it comes to representation but they're trying and identity stuff but they're obviously always trying which is why it is so weird that they're not trying at all with ethel yes. to have like a more positive representation of a woman who looks like her it's just like why would you this is such a missed opportunity again to be like we're riverdale and we do a good job with things <laughs> like yeah like if not if we don't do a good job with plot we at least do a good job with having queer characters and whatever and in this in ethel they are just like absolutely fumbling and i hope that this is some sort of long con where like ethel will turn out to be like a more fully dimensional character who is able to feel like hot and is able to experience love and like or she went home after the assault and did kill her parents. Yes. If she's the killer, I will also love that. Like, that will be. But, and I guess that was, you know, the first episode of the season ended with, it was like teen drama, teen drama, teen drama, and then Ethel bursts in covered in blood. And we were like, fuck yeah, yeah now we're talking. And I guess this episode, whilst I have realized in the course of this Riverdale roundup that it actually was not Boros Noro, all of the plot lines were really good. Um, I, 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 
I want the murder and the blood to come back. Yes. You know, I, I, I need to know where we're going with this. And I do want to call out again uh, Van Nuys Lexi for their theory for the season of Riverdale. I predict that when they are wrapping up the season, Tabitha slash the angel will time jump slash time travel all of them back to the first episode of the first season. This would create a time loop, an endless replaying of the past seven years over and over. While this isn't ideal, deal it would prevent the apocalypse by ending this way it would also be easy to reboot the show in 10 years Whoa. and I, I really do I appreciate the time and the thought put into this Whoa. and thank you so much Lexi for um, sharing that with us and then you would have Julian as one brother and JJ as the other brother yeah dude mm-hmm. yeah dude Whoa. just like it's like the folding of time you know like when they explain the time travel where it's like you fold and like the go from one thing to the other. yeah I, I'm <laughs> smart yeah I mean, man if there's one thing I know about it is Time travel theories and science. And you heard that here first, folks. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of Riverdale Roundup. And um, we're not going to be here next week because LPN... Uh, as a whole is on break so there would be no one for to make the content (laughs) and for to put the science and the content to make the content be in your ears Mm -hmm. so next week we will not be back with Riverdale Roundup but we will be back the following week with a double episode where we go through both episodes of Riverdale so don't worry you're gonna get every fucking thought that we have yeah about these episodes don't you worry don't we are not gonna miss worry. i know passover had us be late with the last week and we're gonna be on tour in a couple of weeks but we aren't gonna miss a thing people we are not gonna miss a thing no. about don't want to close your eyes we are loving don't fall asleep because <laughs> i miss riverdale baby <sighs> And I don't want to miss you, Riverdale, but (laughs) we have to. Thank you so much, MJ. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.